0: about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons, as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue in our study of the family from Colossians 3, We are currently looking at the role of the wife in the marriage relationship. Today, we review briefly what Paul has told the Colossians about wives, and then we turn to Proverbs 31 to look at one of the most vivid descriptions of the godly wife that we find in Scripture. The virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 encompasses all the characteristics that a godly wife should have. Join us today as we continue in our series on family matters with a look at the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. morning we'll start out in Colossians chapter 3 and then we're going to turn over to Proverbs chapter 31 but beginning over in Proverbs I'm sorry beginning over in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 we'll read our text here where we've been considering the family You remember our thought is we've been preaching on family matters because family matters it matters more than it ever has in verse 17 of colossians 3 we read and whatsoever ye do in word or deed do all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god and the father by him and then god prompts paul to write about the most basic relationships in life beginning with the family wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as as it is fit in the lord husbands love your wives and be not bitter against them Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Now, Lord being our helper, we're going to continue looking at this topic to where we see husbands and we see children and we see parents and parenting. And we're going to talk about this as we go through it. But last time we dealt with verse 18 about the idea of wives submitting to their own husbands, and first we made the point that it does not say men, husbands, make your wives submit. It says wives, submit yourselves. It is a, uh, an act on the part of the wife and not a coercion on the part of the husband, okay? And we also saw that godly submission is not subjugation and it's not servitude, but it indeed is a form of obedience, a voluntary submission to uh, God's word and God's will. And we saw how, how wonderful it can be when things work together the way God would have it, uh, have it to work together. We're gonna see that husbands are supposed to love their wives. And we're gonna see that it's not just any kind of love. It's the kind of love that Christ had for the church. And see, that puts a different spin on things. Now, we're not going to go into it today, but husbands, get ready. You better buckle up <laughs> because it's going to be tough, all right? And when we start talking to ourselves, this has been, a, maybe, maybe that's why I'm putting it off because I just don't want to hit myself as hard as I know I'm going to be hit when I do preach on husbands. But <clears throat> what had kept coming back to me all weekend is that maybe we ought to go a little further in exploring uh, the wives and what a godly woman is. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4, we read that a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. I've heard this statement before, and I agree with it. There's nothing better than a good wife, men, but there's nothing worse than a bad one. A good wife can build you up. A bad one can tear you down. Now, let me me turn the tables. The same thing can be on the other side, too. There's nothing worse than a bad husband for a good wife, okay? It can be that way too. But we're talking about wives now, that's, so that's what we're talking about. So what is a virtuous woman? The Bible, thankfully, does not leave, leave us to speculate on what that is. So in Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to turn over there and look, and this is going to give us a picture of womanhood at its best, godly Women at their best. Okay, so let's turn over there in chapter 31 of Proverbs and that's where we're going to spend most of our time this morning. If the Lord will help us down in verse 10. We begin the speech here. The, the writer begins the speech about the virtuous woman who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The first thing that he gives us here about a virtuous woman is that is the value of the virtuous woman. The virtuous woman's price is far above rubies. Notice that it does not talk, you know, in, the, in, the, in that day and age, rubies were very important. We don't really put a whole lot of value on rubies as much as we used to, I guess. But, uh, but I want you to notice what it says here. It's, the value is not just equal with rubies. It's far above rubies, okay? It's far above rubies. And that, that word virtuous there, the, the the word the word for virtuous it denotes the idea of strength. It denotes the idea of 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 a woman who is not a weak sister. Not someone who is a wallflower. Remember, we said that last time about, the, uh, about uh, when talking about wives and submission. That doesn't put the wife on the shelf to do nothing. She is not a wallflower. The idea here is that this is an able woman. This is an active woman. This is a valorous woman. This is a woman who is capable. A woman who is strong. It is a virtuous woman woman okay her price is far above rubies there's something now, now notice notice as as we look here you remember well back in proverbs chapter 18 i believe it is about verse 20 or 22 i believe said whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing findeth a good thing you know i know i know in the world today men I know, at least when I was growing up, it's oh, you're fixing to get tied down, you know. One last night of freedom, you know, before the wedding, right? That's that's what the bachelor party's all about. It's just one last night of freedom, you know. You're about to get tied down with that old ball and chain. (laughs) That's not what the Bible says about a, a, a wife. It says, whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And the implication there is not just any kind of wife. It's a virtuous woman who he's found to be his wife. Uh, whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Men, if you've been blessed with a good wife, then you have obtained favor of the Lord. It's a blessing from God, okay? And, and, and that word good there is the Hebrew word tov, which is just the general Hebrew, Hebrew word for all kinds of good things. I mean, it's no limit. You know, there's some other words that are more specific. It just means good. Good. In Hebrew, when, when you hear somebody say, Tov maod, that means it's very good, okay? The word Tov is used to say good morning, that sort of thing. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. So remember what we said earlier in Proverbs 12 4, it said, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Well, I don't know about you, but I've never really had a crown. I think it'd be pretty cool to have a crown. That's a pretty valuable thing. I saw, I saw King Charles get crowned, and that was a pretty impressive thing. <laughs> you know, big old thing set on his head. But I, I think I, I, I'm, what I read here is that a virtuous woman, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. It's a valuable thing, you see, a valuable thing. You see, the idea of a virtuous woman, we're going to get to it. I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. But if you turn back with me over to Proverbs chapter 3, one of the characteristics we're going to find about, of a virtuous woman is that she is a wise woman, wisdom. And in fact, in chapter 3 of Proverbs, there, there are several what we call uh, several places where God anthropomorphizes a, a, a concept. That is, he makes it into a kind of a human concept idea the the idea of wisdom here he's he's treating wisdom as a person as a as a female person here okay and in chapter 3 beginning in verse uh, 13 uh, he says happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold if you can find wisdom and in this case I believe this can apply to the virtuous woman who is wise. Then getting her is is better than the merchandise of silver and of fine gold. She, and here again, he's sort of calling wisdom a she. She, that is wisdom, is more precious than rubies. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. You know, we see movies all the time. Sometimes see documentaries on TV of these men who have risen to the heights of wealth and fame. And, and it's rare, you know, most of those men have focused on the wrong things in their lives. And they'll have, you know, maybe what they call, what we would call a trophy wife, you know. And that's, that's a, a wife that's probably 30 years younger than he is and, uh, you know, out there doing things she shouldn't be doing and all that. But he's got all the wealth and all this other stuff. But I suspect that that kind of that, that man would trade all of that just to have a virtuous woman as his wife. You see? You see? I I gotta say I I I believe I got a trophy wife. <laughs> I got a trophy wife. She's only two months younger than me. But I'm blessed to have a virtuous woman as a wife. You see? And and that's worth more to me than any amount of wealth that I could have. Notice as we keep reading here, happy is, uh, let's see, she is more precious than rubies. All the things thou canst desire are not to be compared her, unto her length of days as in her right hand. In her left hand, are riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Let me tell you something. Peace within your household is worth so much. Peace. So many households I, I see in this world out there is full of drama. That seems like some people just all they want is drama. I don't want drama, you know? I guess when I was a younger man, I could handle it better. I can't handle drama now. I don't want drama, we need peace within our households. And that's what he's saying here. When you find the wise wife, the virtuous woman, that's what you'll have. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Now I realize, as I said, he's talking specifically about wisdom here. But it applies to the wise woman. We're going to talk about that in a moment because now we're going to look at for a few minutes the characteristics of the virtuous woman. The characteristics of the virtuous woman. Look in verses 11 and 12. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Look at her faithfulness. Look at that. One of the characteristics of a virtuous woman is that she is a faithful woman. She's not forsaking her wedding vows to love, honor, and cherish the husband of her youth. And in that day, you've got to understand something. Now we choose our wives or choose our husbands. The wife has a say-so in who she marries. Back then, she didn't have a say-so. And, and yet, even though she may have been uh, hooked up with or betrothed to some guy who's not the best guy, maybe not the wisest person, nonetheless, she is faithful to him. She's faithful to her vows, you see. It so, it's, 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 it's so means so much more when you understand what they did in that day. And I want to say to you, child of God, it's something extra special about having someone that you can trust, and you hope that's your wife or your husband. But even if it's, you know, I've got people out in the world that I can trust, there's no one I can trust more than my wife. And that's the way it should be, that's the way it ought to be. And notice it says, he shall have no need of spoil. The word spoil there is, it literally means pray it little means it's kind of kind of reminds you of the pirate's treasure you know the pirate goes out and steals treasure somewhere and brings it back to himself but this husband does not need to do that he no longer is hunting, you know. You may be hunting a wife, you know, but once you find that virtuous wife, that virtuous wife is such that that husband is not, he has no need for spoil. He has no need to stay out there in the, in the world hunting that kind of uh, a comfort and that kind of uh, peace that, that he should have in his wife. The husband has no need for spoil when he has the greatest treasure at home, you see. And I like verse 12 here. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass Aunt Lorraine for a minute here. Um, and and we Aunt Lorraine is uh, and Uncle Mackie are just the, the best couple. I love I love them so much. Um, but Aunt Lorraine's first husband, Uncle Leroy Irvin died in 1988, in 1988. Aunt Lorene is now married, as I said, to Uncle Um uh, She was married to Uncle Jack before he died. Do You know what I've never heard Aunt Lorene do? I have never heard her disparage Uncle Leroy. Isn't that right, Uncle Macky? Uncle Macky and I have talked about that. Not one time, he's been dead since 1988, and she's still doing him good all the days of her life now in that a blessing and in that wonderful and and that's what we read about here this this virtuous woman is there uh, uh not just till he lives and then says i'm glad the old codger's gone <laughs> you know although she might feel that way i don't know <laughs> but seriously uh she's not doing him evil she's continuing to do him good all the days of her life continues to honor him even after his death you see and I want to say you say well what happens when you got an un- a dishonorable man what happens well I'm going, to, I'm going to show you about that back over in the book of first Samuel chapter 25 we're going to turn there just for a minute we're not going to stay there long if you want to really go read a little more about or hear a little more about this go look up on our website I preached a series on the life of David and I spent a uh, at least one sermon in this chapter. But in 1 Samuel chapter 25, we, it's the t- it's, it starts out with the death of Samuel. And then we begin to read about a man whose name is Nabal. Verse 3, the name of the man is Nabal and the name of his wife Abigail. And now notice this, she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance, but the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. This man, and you know what the word Nabal means? It literally means a man of Belial, which means a fool. That was his mama. I don't know why his mama named him that. <laughs> his mama named him fool, okay? That, that kind of stunts your growth, I would think, spiritually. <laughs> Sets you back. But he, he was, it's, let me just say to you young ladies, by the way, if you're ever, when you're looking for a husband and you find one named fool, don't marry him, okay? Stop right there and reevaluate. But this man's name was Nabal, and we see as we continue reading that he really was a fool. He was, he was, he was, he was selfish and self-centered, and he was a jerk to David and his men who had been protecting him. And David had loaded up, he had loaded up and was ready to go kill him. He was going to kill him and every male member of his household. But this sweet young wife of his named Abigail who had every right to criticize, who had every right to step aside and say, have at it because my husband is a fool. If you continue reading there, you'll see that she went to David and she begged for his life. She acknowledged the truth. She says, as his name is, so is he. He, His name is fool and he is a fool. But, but he said, please, she said, please spare him. And ultimately, you know, the rest of the story is David was convicted in heart. Instead of acting hastily and in anger, she spared David from the guilt of having gone down there and killed some innocent people along with Nabal. And ultimately, Nabal died and Abigail married David. Now, that doesn't always work out that way. But notice what Abigail did. She was honoring even that foolish husband. She was faithful, you see. Faithfulness is important. Over in verse 23, just to skip over just for a second, notice it says in chapter uh, 31 of Proverbs, Proverbs thirty-one twenty-three. her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Now, I don't know how he got there. Sitting in the gates means that he's a ruler in the city. That's, that's, the, that's the way they talked about it. They sat in the gates. That means he's kind of on the city council. I don't know how he got there, but I can tell you that if he had had, that his wife had a lot to do with it. Because behind, as they say, behind every good man is a better woman, (laughs) okay? uh, this, This virtuous woman helped him be better than he would otherwise have been. There's a line from a movie, a Jack Nicholson movie called As Good As It Gets, Uh, where he he makes this statement to his love interest there. He says, you make me want to be a better man, okay? That's what this virtuous woman does for her husband. She makes him want to be a better man. She makes him want to be a better man by her godly obedience to the commandments of God. Now, going back to Proverbs 31, look at verse... 13, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. Notice her diligence here. Another characteristic of the virtuous woman and she is a diligent hardworking woman verse 13 says she worketh willingly with her hands she finds fulfillment in her work for her home okay she finds fulfillment in fo- now, now listen we're going to see in a moment I, I, I think the Lord blesses to come back to it that that the wife is to be the keeper at home okay now some people interpret that to mean the stayer at home Now, certainly you can keep at home easier if you are at home, but that keeper at home is not talking about staying at home. It's talking about guarding the home. It's being the keeper, like you're the gatekeeper, so to speak. You're the one that has has a responsibility. You know, sometimes we think, oh, the man's responsibility is to protect the home. But listen, mothers, wives, it's your responsibility, too. And if, especially if you're a single mother, it's your responsibility to protect the home. You may not be there physically, and, and, and certainly, as I said, it's easier if you are, but you may not be there physically, but your mind, mentally, your heart is to be drawn out. We're to be focusing upon the family. That's what wives and mothers are supposed to do. Let me, let me, let me give you a little secret, though, too. You know where the man's place is? The man's place is at home. <laughs> okay. So oh, the woman's place is home. No, the man's place is at the home. Now, I know you're going to go out into the world, and you're going to be working. Maybe you're, you know, if you're blessed to be a farmer like my daddy was, he was always working around home. But I wasn't blessed to do that. But my heart should always be focused toward the home. Husbands and wives, both, our hearts should be focused upon our homes. Our careers are important. I get that. It is important to make money and to make a living to support it. But listen, if your heart, if you're doing that for any other reason than to support your home, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. Our hearts, our, you know, there was a, James Dobson had a, had a program and I think it's still out there called Focus on the Family. That's where wives, your hearts should be focused on the family. Husbands, we're going to see our hearts should be focused upon the family. But we're talking about the wives right now. She is a willing worker. She is, she is seeking wool and flax and working willingly with her hands. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.